ABCs, where we discuss all the Bare Naked Lady songs from 7 to Y. I even watch the movies and TV shows that have the B&L in it. Name one of them. Big Bang Theory. I saw it. Theme, theme song. You saw it. Okay. Uh, uh, Chicken Little. I saw it. Hmm. Two guys, a girl, and a pizza place. I saw it. Laser Team. I saw it. No. Super Troopers. Bare Naked Ladies and Us. I haven't seen it. Oh, man. You found one. Now I gotta go back and see that. Oh, well, if you haven't gotten all the clues I've been throwing out there. Then you can say you saw it. (laughs) Then I I can say I saw it. That's right. (laughs) I saw it. I saw it. That's what I'll exclaim as I'm watching it. So speaking of really bad puns, this week we are talking about the song I Saw It. If you have not heard a version of this song before, here is a quick snippet. I saw, I saw it. We all did. It hurt, I heard it. We all hit. Before I get going too far, I want to introduce the people who are with me tonight. Unfortunately, we do not have Aaron, but we have two wonderful guys other than Aaron. That's my co-host. We have Jeff and Stefan. Thank you for joining me, fellows. Woo! You're welcome. Joining us tonight is Trevor Cox. Trevor actually wrote some music for a a little-known movie. Like, holy cow, like, wrote the ending theme for Bare Naked Ladies Are Us. Woo! Hi. (laughs) <laughs> I'm I'm very excited to be here. All right. <laughs> yeah, that was a yes, I just uh, the shower. That was a, uh, no problem. A fan project of just a bunch of BNL fans sending in uh, videos to somebody was requested saying, you know, why do you love the band so much? <laughs> and uh, so after she, after I sent my I video and asked her, I said, you know, do you want music for the film? And I was in I was actually in film school at the time. Um, and then, uh, so I, I did music for the rest of the uh, the movie, and I wrote a song for the end of it, for end credits. Which is amazing, and I'm going to put a quick snippet of it in right here. Oh, cool. <laughs> Hello, city, I've been waiting to come to you. I've been driving all night to make it to the show. You see my favorite bands in town. And I know I'm not from around here, but I've got tickets for the front row. So thank you for joining us, Trevor. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. This is great. It's great to have a big Bare Naked Ladies fan joining us. I'm a huge BNL fan. Oh, that was quick. So (laughs) tell us a little bit about how you came to BNL. Actually, I can tell you the exact moment. Uh, I came to be a BNL fan on a bus trip, on a field trip in grade seven. This was back in the days. Grade nine? No, it wasn't grade nine. No, Uh, I got there two years before. So grade seven, um, and it was back in the days when on long bus trips, everyone brought their disc man and like a CD wallet full of CDs. Um, And someone on the bus had Rock Spectac, and I'd never heard it before. And I put it in, and I listened to the full thing, and immediately put it 
back and listen to it one more time. I loved it. Went out and bought my own copy and then got every piece of BNL music I could get my hands on and then uh, started playing guitar and made it my mission to learn every BNL song that they ever put out, which actually served me really well because years later, we're going to February of, night of 2014, uh, I was at a BNL concert. I had backstage VIP passes for ahead of the show because my in-laws are super cool and they got me those for Christmas. And I met the band beforehand and I, I said to Ed, I said, you know, I said, hey, you know, I can play all your stuff. Can I join you for Pinch Me tonight on stage? And he said, no, <laughs> no. It was, Pinch Me's like our third song in. No, it's, that's not going to work out. I said, yeah, okay, no worries. And I kind of sulked away. Um, but then uh, partway through the, the concert, Pinch Me came and left. But partway through the concert, he looked at me, he said, you know what, come on up. And uh, a, uh, a roadie hands me a guitar, and Ed kind of turns to me and goes, you can play Brian Wilson, right? I'm like, yeah. And I got to play Brian Wilson with the band on stage. Wow. It was awesome. Oh. Yeah. It was, wow. Did someone video that for yes, you? Yes, yeah. It is, it's on YouTube. The, the, the clip I have, the first two minutes is terrible because my buddy had like a terrible <laughs> cell phone quality. Got it. But then someone else who was there sent me like the second half of the song where they just like filmed the, the screen that the concert has. So... Yeah, so I do have that online. I'll, I'll send that to you after the uh, after we record. You are my na- you are my new favorite person ever. Excellent, because we will put that right into the liner notes. It was awesome. It was it was incredible. <laughs> wow! And had it been any That's other amazing. band, it wouldn't have been as important. But because they've been my favorite band since I was in grade seven, it was it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, and what a song phenomenal. too. I mean, I mean, that's yeah, much more iconic for being an L fan. Oh, absolutely. That's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a memorable experience. Well, and how many bands will? I feel like nothing else we say tonight is going to be that good. <laughs> <laughs> we might as well end right now. That's yeah, it. we're good. We're good. Let's go tonight, everyone. <laughs> oh wait, Thanks, we still have a song to review. We do have, we have yeah, a yeah. Yeah. yeah, we do have a song to review. Um. Speaking of the song, I saw it. Um, so I know that you know what album this is off from, Jeff. But we don't have Aaron. So if Aaron does send us our, his audio, I want to know, Aaron, what song, what album is this song off from? All right, do you think he's going to get it? No. No? I don't know. And I, I love Aaron to death, and I think he's right most of the time. But I think this is a tough one. It's I a think gym he's gym. gonna guess grinning streak. I think or, I think so. Or, or beer ball, I think. But I um yeah, I think this one is I think this one's tough. He might he might guess fake nudes. Yeah, that's he, true. He might he might guess Stefan on the cell I mean, phone. This, it it's our, this is one of those that doesn't sound like a BNL song when you first hear it. If you don't know it's BNL, this one I think is tricky. True. Yeah. Um well, and Jim's style doesn't change, her, yep. you know, amazingly throughout the times that he's written songs. So it does mm-hmm. sound pretty similar to Jim's songs. That's true. So for those who don't know, this is off from All in Good Time, 2009. And yes, as I mentioned before, this is Jim Cregan. Um, so <clears throat> this song is only... How many times have you guys guessed that this song has been played in the past? Not many. <laughs> uh, when I looked on, I, I saw two videos online, two different times. So I'm going to guess two. <laughs> I concur. I would, yeah, I, I think it's a small one. I, I would say like two or three times. I don't think it's popped up a whole lot. Seven? Sixteen. <laughs> well, it's actually been played uh, sixteen times. Whoa. 
but they were all on the tour that followed this album. That makes sense. They have not played it again since. Okay. So, which is a shame because it's actually kind of a really beautiful song. It's a nice little like down song for like in the middle of a set if you need to have one. Yeah, but I think I know why it doesn't pop up much. What's your thought on that? And I'm gonna say this, and, and I, I got a little, I got a kind of a weird reaction when I said this when I came on. So maybe not everyone sees this, but um, lyric-wise, I think this is this song needs a PTSD warning. I mean, maybe I'm interpreting wrong, but I think this song um, covers some issues that are tough for people. And we're, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go over that. Yeah, and I think I think there's a point where you're like, okay, you don't want to surprise someone coming out to a BNL show. I'm not saying it's ever. I mean, I love dark songs. Don't get me wrong. I love songs that tackle. Um, tough issues. I mean, that's that's my music, you know. Um, well, not the music I'm writing now, but <laughs> um, <laughs> unless you call that's the, the stuff Aaron writes, chocolate cracking thing. But um, <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I think this one that's uh, dark chocolate, dark chocolate. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I think this one this one gets us into some issues that you know, um, depending on how you hear it or how you interpret it, I think it's hard not to interpret the song in a way that isn't gotta hit someone hard well since we don't have aaron tonight let's start with the lyrics but i do have a question Uh oh did anyone research what this song means for tonight i did i did did. like look it up i looked it up i did yeah because uh okay i didn't i didn't really know prior to to researching this were people able to figure it out like were people able to find the answer not a definitive, no. I found a answer. Okay. So, <laughs> found theories. Yeah. But. If, if people found definitive, I want them to step out, um, including myself. I'm going to step out. Oh, so there is a um, definitive answer to this. There okay. is a definitive answer um, that I was able to find, um, or at least supposedly. So, everyone else, I would like to know what you think this song is about. I'll go first. This will be great. Here we go. I want to hear this one. Here we go. Well, it's quite simple. Very simple. In the park, by the playground, I won't let you down. And the name of the song is I Saw It, right? Uh They're on a seesaw. (laughs) He won't let the kid down off the other side. It's very, very simple. And then it said, it hurt. I heard it. So the kid had to get down somehow. So he fell. Duh. That's it. That's it. End of story. Did I get it? Is that your legit, real interpretation of the song, Stefan? That's it's about a seesaw uh, that goes wrong. Well, that's the best I got. Yeah. <laughs> I want that to be true. Well, well, what is the line? You took what we all hide mean then. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I do. That'd be. <laughs> that's better than what I came up with. <laughs> So, so what is the line, you took what we all hide mean then, Stefan? Because he was bullying the guy. He, was, he, was, he wasn't letting him down off the other side of the seesaw. He fell, his head. What do kids do? They go and hide because they don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> I so do it. So it's a seesaw ride <laughs> and a hide-and-seek game that goes terribly wrong. Just most I'll, I'll, although, you do have that line, you weighed <laughs> and waited. That- yep. <laughs> yep, so that that makes sense now. Yep, and you that's, kept that's steady. The line, that's actually the line that gives me the most trouble, honestly. And you count and recount it like if you're stuck up in the air, you're gonna like count like oh, how long is this gonna take? Absolutely, oh, man. See, I got it. I nailed it. 
It's way not as deep as you guys thought. No, I was no. <laughs> so I think what is the stop, what is the line? I won't stand and observe it. Mean then? Well, you don't stand on the seesaw. The teacher will yell at you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> If he's right, can you just tell us now? Put <laughs> <I'm really> <laughs> <laughs> Jeff out of his misery. Jim Jim saw a tragic seesaw accident. And he's like, I gotta, I gotta put this down. I saw. <laughs> I, I will tell you that. <laughs> I will tell you the seesaw is not correct. Oh okay, man! All right, so, all right, we'll rule that one out. I do love that 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 explanation though. Me too. Jeff, you what probably... do you think this one's about? <laughs> gotta go with me. Um, so, come on. Now. I had three theory. I had three theories of this one, and none of them were as playful. Um, <laughs> I went. I debated between it being about and and folks, this PTSD. Just so you know. Um, but these are only my theories. But um, so and I so I debated this being about um, an eating disorder. Uh, originally, um, possibly the sexual abuse of someone by an authority figure, like a teacher or clergy member or someone um but i think where i finally settled is i i do think it's about bullying um uh, and the reason why i come back to that is because there were lines in all of them or it's about a mix of it um the reason why i went to the eating disordered was you wait and waited you kept steady you count and recount it um that baby think that but um you know i saw it we all saw it um the powerful ending where you know they're basically saying we won't allow this brother if we don't end this now there'll be others that's where i was kind of thinking this was some sort of abuse situation but um the fact that the chorus which you know lyrically to a song that's what you keep coming back to keeps mentioning that playground that's where i feel it's about a bullying situation um uh you know in in some level where where you know individuals are being bullied i don't i think it's they're really looking at it from a really serious psychological standpoint though you know the effects that bullying can have on somebody and how you know deep those cuts can run um, but I, I do think overwhelmingly, and we can discuss this more, but I want to hear what Trevor thinks. Um, I think, I think the song is about bullying. All right. <clears throat> yeah. I, I also thought it was about bullying, um, from a bystander's point of view, like not somebody who was being bullied, but someone who just witnesses the bullying. Um, and I, I, I actually wondered like that, the line of, we won't allow this brother. I, I wonder if it's about him seeing uh, one of like his his brother being bullied. I don't know if that was in it at all. If he's just being like the the general kind of kind brother, like thing. like he's but, actually talking about Andy. Like, uh, what's what I wondered? It, it could be. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. So I, I don't know if that's and I all I kind of found when I when I looked online was just that it was kind of about bullying. But uh, I, I liked the kind of that it was about a bystander's point of view, and I like that it's not like you're, you're you know you. I think you think typically like a, a stopping bullying song is going to be a little bit more rocking and yeah, we're going to go fight this guy kind of thing. I, I think it's just like, no, we're just not going to allow this anymore. And they're kind of, I kind of like that's a little bit more calm of a song. And well, with that, let's go into that, that definition of it, the bullying piece, because that is according to sonfacts.com. That is what this song is about. Now I don't have anything definitively from Jim. I wish I did. I look for everywhere for it, but According to Song Facts, which they have very few facts on there, especially with BNL, but the ones they do other than this are usually pretty true. So I'm gonna, they, I'm guessing they got this from some interview somewhere that I haven't found yet. 
And they say that the song is basically about bullying. Okay. So yeah. let's let's head down that path. Let's explore that a little bit with, with the song lyrics itself and break it down a little bit. I saw it. I saw it. We all did. I mean, that kind of makes sense. Like, it, it's this kind of, like, coming back. I saw, I like you were saying, Trevor, like, witnessing the abuse or the the bullying that's happening on the playground. Yeah. Like, it hurt. I heard it. We all hid. Like, that. I think all those lines make sense once you understand that, yeah, it's kind of from this bullying perspective. I'll let you guys take it from there because I don't want to be doing all the talking. Like, what made you guys think bullying? Because I will tell you that that was not my first thought, and I will come back to what my thought was on on this song later on. Okay. Um, but what made you guys lead to bullying? Well, honestly, like I said, I, I had to look it up too. I'm, I, uh, I'm not usually one that sits and analyzes lyrics and, and things like that, but uh, I felt I needed to to be on – on the show tonight because I've, I've listened to a bunch and I felt I wanted to come knowing what I was talking about. Uh, so I looked up and then after that... Usually just me that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm being serious. Uh, but after looking it up, I, I thought that made total sense. Um, you know, talking about the playground and, you know, we all hid because, you know, if the bully is out and you're going to run away and, um, and you took what we all hide from so that person kind of took the bullying and what everybody's afraid of kind of thing so like i said i think it made sense to me but again i, I had to look it up first because i didn't really know just listening to the lyrics no neither did i right not at all well where what i kind of that's like, where i kind of came around yeah when they start off i saw i saw it we all did it hurt i heard it i think at that point it's still pretty vague it can be about a lot of things yeah. um a lot of a lot of different situations um you took what we all hide we all hide from the hooks went right inside that's where they hung um, again, I still feel like that's not clear as far as the meaning of it. I mean, they're clearly they're talking about a group of people that saw something public or knows something publicly is happening and nobody's talking about it. And uh, it's a painful experience um, where I think it, it jumps out. Like I said, is then you hit in the park by the playground. I won't let you down in the park by the playground. I won't let you down. Um, even that, like the way they phrase it, even though I think it's a positive message, like someone is talking to a bullied person. You know, I won't let you down. Um, right. I feel like there's a double standard to that line. Like, I won't let you down. Sounds like something a bully would say to someone. Um, like, uh, like mm. um, Stefan said, you know, the, the bully that won't let him off the seesaw. Not, not going to let you down from that. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, th- I think it's, I, like I said, I think they're really hitting the psychological aspect, but it's the bully that hangs someone up by a flagpole. You know, yeah. the, the classical, uh, you know, funny idea of a bully, which I don't, you know, in any way think that. I think that's what people used to try and portray it as. But that bully right. that hangs someone up on the tree or hangs someone up on the flagpole. Um, so I think well, that they're would using... go with the line, the hooks went right inside. Right, yeah. That's where they hung. Yeah. Like, that makes a little more sense that way. Right. Well, so they're using the classic imagery of it, but I think the song is anything but that. I think they're. I think Jim is really trying to say that, you know, bull, bullying hurts, and it hurts for a long time, and yeah. it's, it, it, leaves, it leaves scars. Yeah. Well, and it hurts not just the person that's bullied, but it, hurt, it, it hurts the other people that observe it as well because they... There's a, there's a lot of guilt in this song if you're mm-hmm. taking it from that bully point of view of this person is like, I observed this. We all observed this. We ran and hide, and I feel horrible about running and hide. I'm not going to let you down again. No. Right. Should I have helped you sooner? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I, uh, I always refer – well, not always refer, but I, I keep thinking about – you know, the first cut is the deepest, and something along the lines of being cut to the core, or cut to the quick, 
when it comes to cut like a knife when somebody is saying something um really painful and when i read um or hear the hooks went right inside that's where they hung um a oh. hook is different <laughs> you know uh, it's different a hook doesn't come out a hook right. stays and if you push on it it goes deeper and it stays in there even deeper so it's much different much more different than just being stabbed or um being cut deep it uh it's a longer lasting issue that um yeah. can do a lot more damage i think in the long run and it takes more work in order to fiddle around and remove those hooks so that they don't bother you anymore and i i i love the analogy when i was put into that context um rather than just being cut or 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 bruised or damaged or something like that it doesn't put it in perspective but the hooks that went right inside and that's where they hung it's very and what an image that is yeah, yeah. like that that's an image that once again brings up a lot of sensory type feelings of like it, it's very visceral and it's going to dig into you in that moment of like those hooks went inside like that's at, like very painful to even think of and that's where they hung like like you said, it sticks around. It's not letting go. This is something that's going to continue to eat up from the inside. You got it. There's no, no. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. No getting rid of it quickly. That's the kind of analysis that you get from a guy who grew up on on the coast of Maine, a new fisherman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we were bullied all the time. We call it picking. No, I'm serious. It's like you know, we there's atrocious things that were were said to other people um, all the time. And atrocious acts were also done. You know, if you're growing up on a lobster boat, there's all kinds of things that you can get dumped into, and um, it's it's not fun at all. I I, I want to ask more, but at the same time, <laughs> I don't want to ask more. Well, yeah, I kind of took a, a dark note there, but. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this is a dark song. We will give it that. Like, yeah, we won't go into the music yet. But this is a dark song in terms of the lyrics. If we're taking it from that that point of view of either sexual abuse or bullying, you know, either of those types of directions, like it's a dark song. Yeah, yeah. If it's on the seesaw, it's not so bad. Although the guy, the kid, does get hurt falling off it. Like, but that's not <laughs> quite bad. Well, one of the things that kind of resonated with me the most, though. It, other than the hooks, was you think you deserve it. And how many of us take abuse and we think, okay, yeah, I might have deserved that or I might have done that. And then others around you are looking at you going, what are you doing? No, no, you don't deserve that. You're way better than that. And care about yourself and love yourself. And so that's kind of pretty awesome. Uh, I, I like that, that that bridge yeah. takes it and, ten, and sends it in a different direction of like the, the the song before this point has been about the abuse and how it's hurt everyone and that bridge is the we're moving forward we're changing we're not going to allow this to continue the way it needs to yeah yeah i love i love that bridge and the way and the way it wraps up if we don't end just now there will be others i mean it's such a um 
you know, I wasn't expecting that when I first heard a song for it to take that turn where they're basically saying we're going to stand up to it. I agree with you. And I never really thought about that, that the observers are um, it's really sung from the viewpoint of someone that knows it's happening and hasn't done anything. And there's that guilt. there, like, we let this go on way too long. Um, and there's that psychological thing, like Stefan mentioned, with, you know, you say you deserve it. And that's, you know, a big part of bullying. Um, you know, I've worked in schools, too. I was a teacher uh, as well. Um um, and a special education major um, and worked in a treatment facility. And that's a big part of bullying is that intimidation factor that you're going to prey on someone that you see as weak, the person that self-esteem is already low or is dealing with uh, um, some sort of thing that separates them, like a disability or yeah. um, something. And you're, you're going to take that person and you're going to push them down as far as you can. Um, and that's, that's where I said, I think that's where bullying, I think a lot of people don't realize uh, the psychological psychological impact of it and how deeply that can, can carry into someone's life and everything. And that's why um, that whole bridge, I think, is just so potent. And it's basically someone, you know, uh, coming up to someone and saying, look, this is this ends now. You know, yeah. this, this is not who you are. Don't let this define who you are. Um, we're going to stop this because if it's not you, it's going to be somebody else. And and um, we we're not going to stand for this. We're not going to take it. Like no, take it. As a person that was that was bullied a lot in school myself, like I wish I wish that someone had done that. I wish that someone had stood up and, mm-hmm. and taken my side and backed me up and, and been like, No, this is we're done dealing with this. Yeah. An mm-hmm. advocate or a champion. Yeah. That saw the good in you. I think, and unfortunately, that didn't happen until high school, and I and I lived with a lot of pain for a lot of years. And I think that's the inspirational part of this song. I think they're basically saying, "Look, everyone do this. Like, don't right. run, don't hide. Everyone do this." Because I think it is hard to face that confrontation. I mean, for all the reasons, I'm going to get in trouble if I fight for this person. I'm going to be looked down as uh, as an outcast as well. There's so many reasons why someone, especially at that age, that impressionable age, is saying to themselves, "I I'm not going to intervene. I'm not going to get involved. It doesn't have to do with me." Um, yeah. and this is the time of, you know, life where, you know, learning that lesson is a good one that no, you absolutely can and should stand up for somebody. You you deserve it. I won't stand and observe. Absolutely. And that's how character is made. Uh, character is made by undergoing trials and stresses and also being the person who's witnessing somebody going through the trials. What are they going to do? How are they going to rise up or are they going to shrink down? Are they going to cower? Are they going to hide? Or are they going to stand beside that person and and really help uplift? So character is, is made in such fashion. Are you saying, Stefan, that this is the reason that you're such a character? Oh, I'm beyond a character. That's, that's uh, you know, that's, I don't know. Are you also saying, Stefan, that we've turned you away from this being about a seesaw? Not necessarily. It's still... 
<laughs> no, it was still valid. bullying when he wouldn't let him down. From you're, the right, seesaw. you're right. You're right. That's true. You can't be bullied on a seesaw. <laughs> you can. Yeah, you absolutely can. You are, you are right. <laughs> Matter of fact, the kid was being bullied on the seesaw. I <laughs> saw it. He seesawed it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have, any, have anything more that you would like to say about the lyrics? Uh, just one thing. I think uh, the fact that it, it happens on the playground is kind of important just for Jim. Because uh, I know, and I tried to find like evidence of this online. I couldn't find anything. But I know in concert, I've heard him, them talk about how Jim is involved in building playgrounds in his neighborhood. Is he? Oh. And I don't, and awesome. Like I said, I tried to find, yeah, I tried to find like... So I could say, you know, he built this one or whatever. But I, I know that they've said in concerts that he's he's involved in that. Um, so I think huh. the, the I don't know if, if that's part of this too, but I think the fact that it's happening on a playground is is even probably more important to him because I think he yeah. wants yeah. to to do this and and make something very positive. Obviously, uh, even though obviously negative things can happen there too. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That word by the way, we keep saying Andy. But we do have to realize he also does have another brother. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it, another yeah brother it could be too. John too. Right? It's John, right? Yeah, the one that was in the fridge in the song uh, from Brothers Cregan. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, it sounds like John had a really tough childhood. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it means literally brother. Personally, I think. Am I not? I think it's uh, whoever's observing this has been bullied and um, was afraid to stand up. So I do believe that um, brother is a kindred saying um, mm-hmm. and statement. Um, if you don't, and Jim makes it come off very natural. Like you don't even second guess. Like the, I, I never even thought that he was talking about his brother listening to that because he does make that that sound so natural in the flow. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, um, and I don't know if I, it is. I just thought that maybe. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, uh-huh. no, you're fine. <laughs> Um, I, I didn't know, I, like I said, I, I wasn't sure if he definitively was talking about a, a brother or not, but I just wondered, because I know he does have brothers, if that was part of it. I do like the state, uh, the, the part where it's, um, if we don't end this now, there'll be others. And um, immediately when I hear that, um, that line, I think of Ender's Game. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Ender's Game, but, um, and one of the scenes he... he totally beats up the guy who was picking on him uh, to the point where the kid was, I think, hospitalized from it. And uh, he was asked, why did you do that? And he's like, so that there's, so it doesn't happen again, to end it completely, mm-hmm. rather than just uh, walking away or ignoring them. It'll keep on happening. You have to do something drastic that will, that will, um, get them to stop completely if we're done with the lyrics i'm going to transition us over to music but i'm going to do it in an odd way because i'm going to bring us over to trouble with tracy for a minute because i do have a trouble with this song and it's directly connected to what we've been talking about which is the lyrics of this song by the way can i point out with the trouble with tracy that i was listening to a lot of us um which that's that sounds all egotistical. I was listening to a lot of us at. I was in my closed office. I have to go in one day a week now, and I was listening to a lot of uh, uh, bare naked ABCs from the past couple weeks. And I heard that you did start using Eric's uh, jingle. 
for yes. uh, it was really cool. <laughs> he oh, does that yeah. so well. That so, is our new yeah. theme. <laughs> that that is awesome. That is very cool. <laughs> um, what's the trouble with Tracy? He's got problems with this song. What's the trouble with Tracy? So the trouble with Tracy this week is the lyrics. I think I, I love how poetic this song is. I think it's beautiful. Once you know what the song is about. And it's about such an important topic that I get a little bit angry. You know, this, this is the thing that really that really burns my rubber. Uh, no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> my problem is, what really gets me going is, like, if you're going to cover an important topic like this, I think that it needs to be a little bit more obvious what you're singing about so that people know, like... It would be wonderful for me to be able to play this at school. Like we have, we have songs at our school where we play it on Monday mornings. Like, what's your favorite song? And the teachers get a choice each week. And it would be great to put this one in there as an anti-bullying song. But no one's gonna know it's about anti-bullying unless I tell them. And like Stefan didn't didn't necessarily get it. Like you guys struggled until you read it online. I did as well. My initial reading of this because it was on this album. And because of the events that led up to it, and I listened to this song with those events immediately before, was that this was a this was Jim's Jim's approach and understanding and thoughts on Stephen's leaving and the problems that caused Stephen to leave. I mean, mm. so I I saw it, I saw it, we all heard it, uh, we we did it, uh, we all did. It hurt, I heard it. Like he's observing all these things that Steven's doing that's hurting himself. And we took what you took, what we all hide that we all hide from. So all these secrets that they're keeping, um, and you know, the weight thing, he was losing a lot of weight at the time. Um, and I just I, cannot I just believe that like, you would think a song from All in Good Time has to do with Steve, though, Tracy. What is up <laughs> well, with that's that? That's the problem. Like, <clears throat> come it's on. on this album. It like four <laughs> other songs on this album are definitively about yes. Steve. Yes, easily. <laughs> yeah. And then we got one, one. We have two gym tracks. This gym track sounds and very easily could be interpreted. You going through it like I watched you go through all this stuff for so long, and. Like, I'm not going to let that happen again. I'm done letting you, I'm done enabling you. I'm done letting you continue to make the choices that you were making. And that's why we had to, like, make you leave. Does it fit? A little yeah, bit, actually, I mean, I because can, it's so vague. I can I see that. Or, or, it's a, or it's basically like, yeah, like a gym song to add. Like, you know, you, you, you put up with a right. lot. You took a lot. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and I can I, still I see Jim calling. I can see Jim calling Ed a brother easily. Yeah. Yes. Um, that is. Wow. How do you think yeah, about do that? Do I think it's about that? No. I think Song I, Facts has it right because of the yeah. playground line. I think that is absolutely right. correct. But I think without having it be more specific, and without having some context in there, people are going to misinterpret what this song is really about. And I, and I just wish that it was a little bit more explicit to some point, like even if you just want to call the song bullying instead. So then you have that context. That's all it needs. Like the name at the top or something at the top. But maybe, maybe it, they didn't set out to write like a really big, important anti-bullying song. Maybe it is like an actual experience that Jim had. And maybe it's just him dealing with that experience. And again, I don't really know, but maybe they weren't trying to 
kind of be a champion of that at that time. Right. Yeah. It could be. I don't know. No, that's a good point. <clears throat> yeah, that's a very that's a very legitimate take. You know, even the playground could be a stage. Yeah. Because that's where well, they do their any, playing. Well, if there's anything that snack time taught me. Oh, my gosh. It's that I'm allowed to disagree with my brothers. And um, I do I do have to disagree with Tracy on this one, though. Um, and, and you know I love you, man. Um, but I did – yeah, I did look I did look it up. But a real, the reality of it is I had come to the bullying thing before I looked it up. And I, maybe it's just, you know, your own personal experiences in life or, or where you come from. But the reality of it is as soon as they got to in the park by the playground the first time, I said, oh, bullying. I mean, that was where my head went. So there was, and by the time I was done with the song, because that playground gets referenced a lot in the fade out, um, in the park, in the playground, in the park, in the playground. It gets referenced a lot. Um, by the time the <laughs> hey, song was done. are you done, getting the point yet? <laughs> are you getting the point? We're in a park by a playground. Well, we'll get, so we'll get I to do the point th- of I, I, do, I do think I left this uh, song after the first listen with the bullying interpretation. Um, yeah, you're right. Was it like, is everyone going to get that? No. But even I think we all kind of came to the same church on this. Um, I but... think that the problem for me, and probably for a lot of people as well, though, I think I speak for a number of people here, and I could be wrong. People will write in and tell me I'm wrong, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> or, they'll, or they'll tell me I'm wrong. I'll just switch. <laughs> oh. I think any other album, if this were on any other album, if this was on Blam, for example totally would have been that would have been the take because that was a very um bohemian album and so in a lot of ways like they could have covered a number of different topics like they did and it would have been like oh yeah well this is about this subject that they're not going to cover in the rest of the album but yeah like it's all over the place and that's what this this album is yeah i'd agree with you this is a weird album to bring this up <laughs> right because of this album and because i think more importantly because of the events that happened just before this album like it is it is the most salient thing that the band's listeners are going to be listening about are going to be hearing are going to be trying to dismiss or or listen for to to not be explicit about it i think makes it very interpretable and that then makes it interpretable into something that it's not but going going back on that then here's what i would say about that because we've already talked about how the fact that um all in good time was like the first time the band again sounded like a full band this was a band this wasn't the ed and steve show this was a band again and yes kevin and, and um jim you know were able to slip in some vocals and songs in the past like on the christmas album um but this was the time they were a band um, and it's a dark song. And prior to them becoming a full band, who got to write all the dark songs? You know, that was all Steve. So I feel like maybe Jim had this idea all along and kept pushing it. And, you know, maybe there was an element of, and I love Steve too, don't get me wrong, but uh, maybe there was an element of it. He just never got to do this one. Hey, guys, I got this bullying song. Nah, not yet. Um, you know, there, there, there is a pretty dark song that we're coming up with by, that we're coming up to soon by Jim. So. Okay. Oh, I disagree all right. with that. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, I, that's a Stephen Harris song. Uh, okay. All right. All right. Hey, I wrote a song. Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. How long ago? <laughs> well, it took me all of the entire show to think of that one. Come on. How was the, how was, how was the level? 
<laughs> Speaking of the level, why don't we slip on over to the discussion about the music? We haven't really gone into that. We, so if we've got Aaron for this week, I would love for Aaron to throw his thoughts into there. I feel like the guy who's learned to play every Bernie Lady song on guitar might be okay with this. Though. You're here. I, want to I was going to say. I, I was going to say if if you don't have Aaron, I can I can do the breakdown. Um, and I I would love for you to do the okay. breakdown. Okay, on, Aaron, I swear I'm not trying to take your job. Uh, I love you on the show. <laughs> well, you know he's been off a couple of weeks. He, you know, and I will let you know right now I'm cheating. I actually own the guitar book for this album. Um, oh, so I'm cheating. That's you, awesome. For those who are what are not that can't see it, he just showed us the guitar book, which has the same front cover yeah. as the mm-hmm. album cover. So uh, according to that, uh, this song ha- it was recorded at 114 beats per minute. It is in the key of F major. It starts on an intro with a F and a G minor chord twice. And then you get into the verse with the with uh, an F6 chord, which is a cool jazzy chord that Jim brought in. Uh, so the verse goes F6 to an F, and that goes twice. Then there's a pre-chorus, another cool jazzy chord with a B-flat major 7 to a G minor. And the chorus is the same as the intro. Uh, then you have a verse again, pre-chorus, chorus. And then that bridge goes from a C-sus to a C to a D minor, C-sus, C, D minor, B flat major seven, G minor, B flat major seven, and it ends with an extended chorus of that F and G minor again. How'd I do, Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to ask you actually because yes. you've got the book there in front of you. How's Aaron been doing on these songs from this album? You know what? I haven't gone back to look, but I can. I, I usually he's pretty good. Um, I haven't. <laughs> I don't think there's ever been I a mean, time... he sits there and he uses all this mumbo-jumbo that obviously I couldn't ever question him on. Usually he's and pretty it... right. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and knowing how to, how to play a lot of the songs. Like I said, I uh, listening to him, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. So he's, he, mm-hmm. he knows what he's talking about, for sure. <laughs> yeah, he, I, I kind of guessed as much. <laughs> I've, I've seen him out do, like, ultimate guitar. I started uh, oh, yeah. playing five... Yeah, I started playing five months ago in quarantine with these two. Um, to start playing my own music. And, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, every time when I'm thinking, I want to try and play a song, I always go, let's see what B&L has to offer. Um, B&L doesn't offer much for someone who's been only playing for five months, first of all, because they're like, like you said, uh, B minor seventh. Uh, can I just do G? <laughs> but, uh, I'm not quite down that far down the fretboard yet, but I was uh, looking up a few on Ultimate Guitar and then hearing what he said uh, and trying to play it. But, yeah, he's definitely... Um, he definitely does so much better than a lot of people putting tabs on there. It's- <laughs> oh, yeah. The star ratings on that website are key. <laughs> yeah. now, it seems like there's kind of like an electric guitar element. I'm, uh, is that the F6 that you're talking about, Trevor? It's like, it seems uh, like there's like, like a... Kind of like an old yeah, yeah. So song that in a way. First, yeah, he starts with that F6, which is a really cool yeah. chord. It sounds really jazzy. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I love that chord. I think uh, it's really good. Actually, like, a, a, yeah. So go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I was just going to say it sounds like old time country. How it like they have okay. like the electric guitar and it's like wing, you know, they're playing on their lap and that that's the best rendition I got of that. I'm not musically inclined at all. So. No, actually, I, I kind of agree with you listening to it. it ha- it's kind of a mix of country. Yeah. And yeah. jazz yeah. and soft rock. Yeah. Yeah. But I think. Are there actually two guitars in the intro though? 
Um, yes. Did anyone pick up on that? Because it, I, it does sound like there's, yeah, there's a back and forth going on. Yeah, I think, uh, for at least based on the live performances, I think Jim is actually playing guitar on this. Yeah, I would uh, believe that because I'm hearing more guitar than bass. At least yeah, the bass is, is pretty simple in this song. Which you you go to Jim and you think, oh, good, it's going to be a fantastic bass line. But I think Ed's actually playing the bass, <laughs> just very simply, just going to do 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 do. Um, but I think it's Ed, take my bass. I'm I'm going to take this song. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's it's Kevin doing the lead guitar, which is really great. I love the lead guitar part he's he's putting in here um, throughout the song. Well, There's there all these is, little licks. There is some piano in there too yeah but i th- I, I would assume that that the lead in, in kevin can do everything right like he's oh, he's right. so yeah. talented yeah mm-hmm. um so <laughs> he's probably doing both but uh, I, i'm assuming that he does the uh, the lead guitar parts i could see that um but i actually think the real musical hero of this song is the strings that jim arranged for it I think they're they're wonderful. Thank you for bringing that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you lead that. Go ahead. Tell tell people about the strings on this song. Oh, just that they sound really nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, right. Well, moving on. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, this is so one of those albums that they read... don't uh, they don't credit who does what in each song on on the liner right. notes, but it does say that Jim arranged. Um, it does say that Jim arranged all of the strings on the album, so I know that he must have done it for this song. And they just, they sound wonderful. I yep. love it. Yeah. So on the if you look deeper into the liner notes, and you really have to dig through, I, I was looking for a long time this week and reading because the words are really small yeah. on their newer album. It's hard to read this stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there is a strings for this song and for number five on the album. I don't know what number five is, but it's the other Jim song. Um, mm. So off the top of my head, I can't just pull it out of my head. But um, but yeah, so there is a strings for both of those two songs. So the strings, I mean, originally I was like, oh, is that a violin? No, it's a whole string, like, quartet. So we have a first violin that was played by Aya Mayagawa. Um, The second violin that was played by Gregory Campbell. A viola that was played by uh, Capella Sherwood. And a cello that was played by Amy Lang. I want to make sure we give credit to the people that, that did the hard work because it really is beautiful. Like the, yeah. and It's not like right up front, but it's just enough back in there to really bring that swelling because it doesn't come in until the bridge, really. Like that's when the big swell is that brings the strings in the most, which I think is great because that's the uplifting part. Mm-hmm. That's true. The other uh, uh, Jim song was on the lookout, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I forget the names of a lot of the later day <laughs> B&L songs. <laughs> so I apologize. So is, is Jim doing uh, lead vocal too on this? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Okay. And I got to say, the, the, um, one of the things that really stand out for me vocal-wise in this song are the falsettos on that chorus. Um, really sweet falsettos and harms when they come in on the second one uh, with the – because the, the first chorus is just uh, lead vocal, Jim singing – and those falsettos are so good. Then the second time you bring it in with the with the choral, um, uh, so the vocal arrangement too on this is really sweet. It's a, oh, it's a smooth I song, and yeah. I love the strings that's involved with it. Anything that involves orchestral instruments such as strings or brass or anything of that nature, I'm a big fan of. And strings are are beautiful in here, and it gives a solemn tone to the song. Um, like a kind of a, a weeping kind of sound to it, 
which is really nice. Um, and strings are, are known for that kind of tone for it. Which matches up very well with the with the song, with yeah. what the song's about. Absolutely. Yeah, Beautiful song, I thought. Sad too. <laughs> Uh, get well, it. they make me feel up and down. Yeah, oh. right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Alrighty. <laughs> talking, but talking about the, the vocals there. Uh, talking about the vocals. Um, did could you guys hear Ed? I couldn't hear Ed at all in the song, and I wonder if there's a, a specific reason for that. Because I think J- Jim has a higher voice and Kevin has a higher voice, and those are the only voices yeah. I could really pick out. And I wonder if they did that on purpose. If this song is going back to what it's about, if it is about bullying and it is about seeing this as a child, if they purpose them with higher voices, because mm. I oh, I heard I do, yeah I do agree yeah you don't really hear a lower yeah tone in the, the vocals on this yeah and in the few mm. uh, like live recordings from from concerts I've seen you could hear Ed doing background vocals on it and it sounds different like he, and it's it doesn't have the same kind of feel because he is bringing that lower voice in. I think that's really good. I mean, he can go high, but I don't think he, he normally... Like, he would have to be doing falsetto to really go up there. Yeah. I think it's really good, because if if that's the case, if he really didn't sing, he did it for the song, and to, mm-hmm. to make sure that it had a certain sound to it, instead of being like, I'm a band member, I need to be singing. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's like, no, that's, that shows a maturity, and also like uh, an understanding of, of what is trying to be accomplished with that song. And it's beautiful. I think it's a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. When I think this album is a perfect portrayal of that, because Ed very much with Stephen leaving could have been like, this is the Ed show. Like I created this band and this is now like, I'm going to write stuff and I'm going to sing all this stuff. And this is my band. He doesn't do that. Everything's spread out. It's equal. It's even. Yeah. And I remember when this album first came out, like when Steven left, I was distraught. I thought, oh my gosh, my favorite band is broken up. This is the end. And when I heard this album and they put it out, I thought, oh, thank goodness. They're still like it. I know it's different, but it, it still sounded like BNL. Mm-hmm. And as uh, you, you're right, like the other guys kind of came in and, and got to do more. And it, it wasn't just the Ed show. And I think it's really great that they took it in that direction. Yeah. I would say that this is the and I could be wrong, but I would say this album is the most like their early BNL that they ever get back it's, to. Like it's they, the most Gordon-esque of the albums, yeah. They move further away from, the, mm-hmm. from that yeah. sound with more albums. I agree. I, I like yeah. how more members are being able to participate. I, I mean, one of the strengths of Fleetwood Mac was that anybody could write a song and anybody could pr- perform it. And they they covered such a wide genre of music just by having different sounds and different writers and different performers take lead on that. And that diversified the band and made them stronger. I think Bimanel is doing... They all got along so well in Fleetwood Mac, too. (laughs) (laughs) We stuck together forever. This talent is extraordinary, and that's why I'm referring to it. Oh, it is. is. That's that's one band that if you really, if you've ever never looked at the history of, look at the history of Fleetwood Mac. The history is chaos, but I'm talking about music here and who sings what, who writes what, and what's put out there. They can have a song that's produced right after a popular top song that sounds completely different and it's sung by a different yeah. band member. 
And as a different, they were definitely deal. a band that shouldn't have sounded as cohesive as they did, given you know yeah. how much inner tor- turmoil they had. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yes, but they were a fantastic band. They were. Oh yeah, sure. yeah. They were amazing. So um, and BNL, they're they're showing that their diversification of music genres and the blending that they can use in one song of the different genres and their lyrical expertise. It's just, it's good. It's very good. You know, it. it's along the same lines as what they were doing. Maybe I'm talking nonsense here, but uh, that's my No, viewpoint. I totally get it. That makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Because this song, to me, it doesn't sound like a B&L song. It sounds more like a mainstream song. How, and it's uh, in its seriousness, uh, they they don't, address it as like a kind of a goofy song or or any of that nature it's very serious from the get-go and it's got a distinct sound it's got a distinct um format that they stick to and um uh it's it's great i mean it could be played on the radio and people would have absolutely no idea what it's about which i mean we had to do research in order to find that out but it sounds great and it's got a smooth sound to it um, it's quite enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I agree completely. Well, okay. <laughs> there was a lot of silence. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Maybe I should stop talking. Never stop talking, Always. Stephen. Never. <laughs> Always. Oh. I have trouble with Tracy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> You've had trouble with me for a long time, buddy. We haven't agreed it on that one. We haven't agreed on anything tonight yet. We haven't agreed on anything tonight yet, Tracy. Are we going John and, and Paul right now? Is that what's... <laughs> I, I think we are. But yeah. Or maybe even George and Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan, you can be our Yoko Ono. <laughs> so nice of you. We haven't talked about the end of the song. It the ends. end of the song is... I, I love... Stops. How stop playing? And it might just be Kevin, or it might be Kevin doubled up. Like they may have doubled Kevin up just to kind of give it a little bit more volume. Um, but we have that the the more than one voice singing the in the park by the playground. I won't let you down. But then we have Jim that's singing like the Queen off notes of like I'm right. gonna I'm gonna do the Freddie Mercury thing of like they're singing this, but I'm gonna add these extra bits in very jazz like. Yeah, he's ad libbing. Yeah, right. and it's beautiful. Like the notes that he chooses, the way that he sings them, I would say this is possibly one of the best versions of our or best exhibits of Jim's voice. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I didn't. I mean, I'm not a huge, typically a huge fan of of long repeated choruses like "Fading Into Nowhere," like the whole "Hey Jude" or the "Boxer" thing. Those songs that I like, but I mean, sometimes I feel like a chorus gets repeated way longer than it needs to. Um, and I I know that that's you know that's a preference thing, but um, when I saw that you know this was gonna do that, I was like, oh no, don't don't don't, because I really do like the song. I think it's a beautiful song, and and I feel like it needed more of a closure. That said, um, I um, I do feel like in this case, just hearing Jim do those little ad libs and those jazzy little yep. fills and. Um, it works, and I and the 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 length of the uh, repeated chorus 
um, never feels like it gets old. It it does. It really works in this case. It's fresh. It sounds fresh every yeah, time going right. through. It's beautiful. You, I'm right there with you, Jeff. It sounds beautiful. Uh, one of the other things we haven't mentioned, it, but I think also we should bring some focus to, is Tyler on the song. So we like you would think that in this jazzy song that's very soft spoken that you would very barely hear Tyler or that he'd be playing these uh be playing the drums very gently or or with the uh i can't think of what they're called but the ones that have the the multiple strings on the end of it and the brushes um Mm. he's not playing with the brushes though like it there's a pretty strong beat even though this is slow it fades into the background once the the singing starts but it's there. Well, it sounds like he's also doing other stuff, too, because isn't there, like, a shaker going on, like, especially in the second verse? I think so. There's, like, a whole shaker that, yeah. So he's mixing it up a bit, but yeah. I, I do feel like in all in good time, they didn't, at no point when they were doing it, I, I, it just, it always feels very definitive on every all in good time song that we are not just Jim, we are not just Ed, we are not Kevin, we are a band. Um, you know, Kevin, you're not just doing piano. You're going to play guitar. You know, you're gonna, we're going to play with the strengths. Jim, you know, do leave guitar on this one. Someone else will take bass. Um, you know, Tyler, fill in. I feel like it always um, um, feels very cohesive as a band effort and never just this is one person. And I know we've kind of beaten that dead horse quite a bit. But, um, you know, every time, every time we hear it, I, I feel like it has to be pointed out that they, they feel like, this is this is just a, a uh, um, you know a band and not a person. Well, and, and they wanted to let us know that. So, like everyone that went mm-hmm. to the to the tour that this was with will remember that, for example, like this is when they came out with the Fantastic Four on their drums. This is where they yep. like had it on a lot of their me- their memorabilia and and stuff. Is they weren't really trying to drive home like no, we are a four piece and we are an equal band. And what's interesting too, talking about that, like on on the album and like on the CD and then the vinyl, everything, the songs are credited to certain people. Like this one's credited to Jim, but in that guitar book that I have, every song is credited to all four of them. Oh wow! Which is the only time I've ever seen that because, like I said, in in uh, the CD and on the vinyl, it all it says, you know, that this is a Jim Cregan song. But in that one, in the uh, the guitar book, it, it sort of shows that they're all bringing. The music to it, uh, regardless of who maybe came up with the original idea, or maybe regardless of who's singing lead. I really feel, and I never noticed this before, that bands do that when there's a significant change in the momentum or something impactful happens. Because the only other time I really know that as a fan is Queen, um, who from 1972 when they did their first album, right up till um, almost the early 90s when they did The Miracle. All the se- Up to that point, it was always a Brian May song. It was a John Deacon song. It was a Freddie Mercury song. Um, on The Miracle, Innuendo, and then posthumously Made in Heaven for Freddie, they're all Queen songs. And I feel like that was a point where they knew there was a change and everything. This was no longer just going to be an individual effort. This was going to be a Queen song. And I do, I do notice that. I think that's, there's probably something significant there. It would be, it would have been interesting to see that on the album as well, too. But mm-hmm. um, I agree with Trevor. I'm sure that there was more of a unified effort when it came to putting these together. Well, even on the Another... album, in, in the liner notes, usually in the liner notes, they they would delineate after each the title of the song, who wrote it. That's not done on this album. On this album, it's the the title of the song, 
lyrics. Title of the song, lyrics. Title of the song, lyrics. Then at the end, they credit only the the instruments that all of them played on the whole album. And then it's not until you get to the back cover where they list the song and then the albums. I mean, song, then the writer, song, then the writer. And it's in really small writing. Like, you have to really strain no. to read who wrote the song. Yeah, it seems very deliberate. Now, now that we're... Now that I'm thinking about it, that this was not going to be just individual efforts, right? No. Another another Canadian band that that's kind of famous for doing that is the Tragically Hip. I know Aaron's brought them up on this podcast before, but other than their very first album, every other album, every song is just credited to written by the Tragically Hip. Wow! And they kind of very much looked at it like we are a band. Everything is everybody, which is huge because I mean, when it yeah. comes to there's two different major things that come with that. One is the, the public picture. But the other part of that is musically when it comes to money. The mm-hmm. writers are the ones that make the majority of, like, when it comes, when you break down the money, first of all, the record company makes the big majority of that. Right, yeah. Second, like, down the list <laughs> is, is the writer. Yeah. And then after the, writer, the the music company and the writer have taken their pieces, that's when you get it's sparsed out to the other band members that were on that song. If you're doing that, you if you're that up. everyone as a writer, you're giving everyone equal amounts of money off from all those songs. Mm-hmm. I was wondering about that. I was going to inquire about that just as you brought it up. About the financial aspect of, of the business. Well, since we've all kind of agreed that this song sounds great, let's let's put some numbers to that. Let's see if we really agree with what we've been saying tonight. And I'm going to hand it over to Jeff for our ratings. Uh, because I like the light aspect of the interpretation, even though I think we all agree that's a little bit darker, we're going to keep it light on the ratings. So we're going to do this on a scale of zero to five seesaws. I was going to go with Stefan first, but I guess that's just changed. Um... <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I, I, I was going to my dictionary. I, I don't know what a seesaw is. What's a seesaw? We're going to go to Trevor first on this one. Uh, Trevor, if you'd like to go on a ranking of zero to five seesaws, how would oh, you rank this song? A yeah, seesaw. seesaw. Yeah. seesaw. you got to remember, he's I from seesaw. Pennsylvania. Oh, I gotcha. <laughs> seesaw. I'm like, seesaw is something you put on food. We're going to bring up Pennsylvania now, are we? <laughs> It's a beautiful state, people. It's a beautiful state. It is. When you're looking at it from outside. We have Eagles fans and Amish people. We're beautiful. Trevor! <laughs> yeah. What? Zero sure. to five. What sure. do you, you know our ratings. You've listened to us for a I little do. bit here. What What yep. do you give this song? All right. I've been thinking about this for quite a while. Um, I, in kind of trying to go with with your criteria and things, how you guys generally do it, I wouldn't quite put this song as a four because it's not one that I always go back to. Uh, but I think it's really, really strong. I think it's a really great gym song. I, I love gym stuff. I, I wish he would do more. Um, you know, most recently, I think, you know, Narrow Streets is just a fantastic tune. Um, but uh, I, I would give this song 3.9 seesaws. So we got a 3.9 seesaws. Um, 
So going in order that's on my Zoom, I will go next. Um, and I got to agree with Trevor. I, I, I like this song, um, but it's not one that I would probably uh, seek out on a regular basis for various reasons. Um, lyrically, it's... Um, like I said, I, I feel like I always judge Bare Naked Ladies harshly when they're not as lyrically clever with their songs, with the rhyme schemes or the puns and everything, or just the really the depth of it. Um, that said, there are good lyrics and they, 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 they sell their point. And I do like the song. I think it's a beautiful piece. I think um, they're all playing uh, uh, top notch. Uh, Jim's vocals in the song, like I said, are stellar. I just can't say enough about them. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I could put it in the, the um, four to five bracket with a lot of them. But it's definitely in the higher threes. Um, I think I would go with a 3.7 seesaws on this one. And we will go with Tracy next. All right. Um, so <laughs> I, I love the music and I love the singing. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, the vagueness doesn't do it for me because for a long time I misunderstood what this song was really about. Um, and I wish I didn't. I wish I wish that I were able to more fully understand that and play it for because this is a very important subject that I wish I could play for the people that need to learn this subject more. Matter of fact, I wish that some version of this song had been written for the kids album that we could play for kids and teach them because this really isn't a kid's song. Um, and that's really who we need to learn these lessons. Um, it is still beautiful though. And Jim's voice is beautiful. Um, I'll be honest that sometimes I will skip this song um, when it comes on and, and it's not typically on my iPod. I'm going to put it back on my iPod because it is, nice music that I'll kind of just kind of listen to in the background, but it's not one that I'm going to definitively listen to all the time. Um, it's because it's just beautiful and it kind of just lulls you into listening to it. Um, so for that reason, I struggled with the, this week. Um, and I, and I was like comparing it to crawl. I, I like it. It sounds similar to crawl, but I like this one a little bit more. So I'm going to give this a 3.1. All right, 3.1 from Tracy, and we'll go to Stefan. Well, I, I liked how it sounded, uh, and um, I go by how it made me feel as well. And um, I just I thought it was well done. I thought it was smooth, and um, I thought it was well thought out logistically on how things were going to happen and how they performed. I thought was really amazing as well, and believe it or not, I I, I feel that uh, three point nine seesaws is the perfect um, is the perfect number. I, I'm right there with Trevor with that, and uh, he mentioned something about another song by by uh, by Jim, and I'm I'm curious about what that song was again. You you mentioned it just before you gave a rating. And I was trying to type it in, but I completely forgot. So if you could say oh, that narrow, again. Narrow Streets. Narrow Streets. Yeah, that one's really great. Which I'm going the to look Persuasion's it up. version is my favorite oh, version of that. Absolutely. We'll, we'll get yeah, to that, that a year and a half from now. But <laughs> Cool. But yes, my, oh, my rating, 3.9. 3.9 seesaws. 3.9 seesaws. Um, something Saws. we didn't bring up in the lyrics, and I wish that we had. You were, you were mentioning the playful lyrics. 
And to some extent, Jim does play around a little bit, even in this very serious song that's very uh, calm and soft. So in the repeating the I saw, I saw, a lot of people are like, oh, he's just going to keep repeating. He's going to he's going to echo himself. No, he doesn't, because from that point on, it's I hurt. I heard it. So he's finding that that mix there. Um, then we we you took what we all hide. We all hide from. So the things that we hide and the things that we hide from. Um, and then also you weighed and you waited. So he is finding some playful words right. to kind of go that is, with. That is true, yeah. Um, and I wanted to kind of point that out, that that, that is in yeah. there and, and give credit to him for that. Right, that is that is true. There are some good little uh, uh, spins on the words like you weighed and waited, uh, hurt and hurt it. Yeah, and I do, I do like those. I do like those little spins. I think what kept me from the you weighed and waited for a while, like I said, that was the one line that, um, I just couldn't figure out where he was going with. I do think he's referencing um, that you've held this burden more than anybody because we didn't act enough. So you had the weight and you waited and you kept steady. Um, he's basically putting the strength on this person. Like, you're stronger than all of us because you think that you're not worth this, but you're the one doing this while we're running and hiding. And, uh, yeah, now that you you, you do say that, I, I do like the, the uh, poignancy of that that stanza that verse well i another point of view on that is um is saying that you have been weighed and you have been measured so and you have been found wanting and um so being weighed isn't necessarily weight it's a matter of measurement um how have you been ranked mm -hmm. in that sort of thing hmm. another interesting take never worth yes that. you've been weighed and measured and you've been found wanting. So, that Jeff, could be. you mentioned earlier, I think it was you, maybe it was Trevor. One of you guys mentioned that you were expecting this song to have more more bass in it because it, it's a gym song. Um, I, I do miss the bass in this song. That was Trevor. Um, yeah. Can you guys hear me still? Yep. Okay, sorry. Yeah. My, my thing keeps going in and out. Um, so... I miss the bass this week. I miss it being in the song, although it's, I don't miss it being in the song specifically, but I do love Jim's bass. So this week's appearance is a link from a solo, which they don't do solos very often in their concerts, but this is a solo in the concert uh, where Jim is, it's called Sweet Bass Solo, and they give him at the beginning of one week just... Per this is all you, Jim. You are going to highlight this. And they even call it <laughs> Sweet Bass Solo because it's going to be Jim. And, and that's what they're singing because it starts off with Walk This Way. And Jim's playing Walk This Way on the bass. Then it swips, switches over to Sweet Emotion, which is where we get the Sweet Bass Solo. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Instead of Sweet Emotion. Um, and then he switches over to playing Sir Duke by Stevie Wonder on the bass. And it is beautiful. Ooh. One of my favorite songs. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm going to recommend everyone go out and listen to that because I've listened to it so yeah. many times this week. It's beautiful. Could you repeat it again? What's the name of it? It's called Sweet Bass Solo. Sweet Bass Solo. So, I'll be putting that in the liner notes. Trevor, where can yes. people find more of you? Uh, well, uh, I am a musician and I, I released my first album uh, in December. 
uh, on, on the anniversary of my first BNL concert, actually. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> so the album is called Everybody at the Mall is in My Way. And, is that, uh, wait, wait, can, is that, a, is that a, a reference to what I think it's a reference to? Everybody go to the mall? No. Oh. <laughs> Though that is a very Canadian thing. <clears throat> no, it's just something that I think of most of the time when I go there because I have a very specific shopping agenda. I just want to get to the record <laughs> store and get out. That's all I want. Uh, so uh, anyway, you can find that on, on iTunes and Spotify and all those fun musical places. Excellent. Anywhere else that people it. can find stuff from you? Uh, I do have a Facebook page, uh, and I do a very quick, like, three-song live performance every Monday at, like, 4.30. So if you want to check that out. Uh, it's a lot of covers and a lot of just my own songs. Uh, so you can check that nice. out, too. If you can send That's us it. those That's links, I'll put those right into the liner notes. <clears throat> cool. Thank yeah. you. That sounds awesome. It's excellent. I actually have to start listening in more often on yeah. Mondays, I yeah, think. Yeah, i got to check you out. <laughs> when I'm not doing this, I've now found something else to be doing on my Mondays. Because you're not busy <laughs> right. enough. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't take me any time to edit these podcasts because Stephen and, and no. Jeff we, we have to we have to go back to recording on Tuesdays now. <laughs> Stephen and Jeff never go off topic. So <laughs> never. So, I, so I've, not at all. I've never really listened to a full podcast with me in there. He probably cuts me out and edits me to just like one word or just to the like the score. <laughs> They'll be like, Stefan, what's the score? And that's it. <laughs> Trevor, will you tell him that's not true? I do keep him in there. I Oh yeah, you're in there for sure. Just more than the score? Yes. 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 Oh yes, good. <laughs> Yay. That's why the episodes are an hour and a half. So, <laughs> so we are coming up on our time. I do want to cut us short. Um, so I do want to also point out that you played the music, as we mentioned earlier, at the end of and wrote the music for um, Bare Naked Ladies Are Us. I will also put that into the liar notes for people to go and watch this wonderful documentary, which is I actually have seen it. Um, and it's actually a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> um Thinking about, it, I think it maybe we called it. Maybe it was called Baron Ladies and no. Me because I think that gives us the blam. Maybe I think that's what it was called. But I, I know it's, no, it's been years. Right. So Let I, me fix that. I forgot too. But I think that just, <laughs> just every time we mentioned it before, Bare Naked Ladies and Me. Yes. There you go. Just edit that in. <laughs> Thank you, Trevor. I'm actually leave that in because I messed that up bad. <laughs> I don't. Well, then I said it too. So it's I, all right. I was watching the video this week again, and just because I wanted to make myself familiar with with the. You know, you were coming on. And you know what? For whatever reason, um, during the end of the video where your music is, the the cruise pictures really caught my eye. Uh, because I I never got a chance to go on Ships and Dip. And I was like really... I, I was overtaken by watching it with the cruise pictures. And I looked it over several times. I think there were three separate cruises on that video collage. Because I saw three ships. I knew it was coming. Yeah. I knew it. I just couldn't get the They had different names and everything. <laughs> that was a really good one. The Nina, the Pinta, Santa Maria. No, it was not the Nina, the Pinta, and Santa Maria. <laughs> it was the Victory, the... So what song are we doing next week? I... <laughs> you really need to repeat it. 
Okay. No, no, we're good. Let me pull my notes out. Hold on. (laughs) Technically, Kevin's on. Sort of. (laughs) Sort of. So, yes, join us next week as we discuss I Saw Three Ships, and thanks. That was fun. Thanks, that was fun. Don't forget, no regrets. Except maybe. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.